come together and made their commitments to the Ready Now campaign. And we have those figures. But I'm going to preach before I share them, so I make sure everybody stays here. Amen. It's the... It's, the, it's the, like the, the, it's like the news hour. <laughs> Got to keep, keep you to the very end. Amen. But I do want, because this week, this week something very special is going to happen. The congregation is going to take what they feel the Lord has placed on their heart. And, and this is the final stretch of the commitment phase of this campaign where we will make 36 month commitment but according to the scriptures our leaders have gone before us and the leaders have said we're in it we're bought in and we're, we're going forward and so now will come the time for us as a congregation to join together and follow after the leading of the Spirit of the Lord and as we prepare to do that I want to bring uh, again to this congregation a wonderful a man of God who has done a tremendous job as campaign director for the Ready Now Capital Stewardship Campaign. And uh, we want uh, Brother Brian Duvall to come and, and, and just share his heart with you as we enter into this, this next phase of the Ready Now Campaign. God bless you, Brother Duvall. Let's receive him with a great hand clap. Thank you, Pastor. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's just glorify him with our lips right now. God, we magnify you. Lord, we've done it all morning, but you're worthy, Father. If we stood here till we were tired, if we stood here till we were hungered, Father, you'd still be worthy. In Jesus' name, we bless you and give you glory this morning. How many are thankful for what you feel in this place? Hallelujah. Amen. I'll give your carnal flesh opportunity for judgment, and I'll share a testimony while doing it. As a young man, I was at a ball game, one of those secular institutions, the ball game. It was the sixth game between the New York, or rather the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds. If they win, they go to the World Series. And if you know this story, it was the last time that happened. Hallelujah. I was up in the nosebleed section. You had to take short breaths. The altitude was high. There was so much energy that every time the pitch was released, the crowd just erupted and went crazy. And if we were pitching, if Dibble threw a strike, it was insanity. It was a deafening roar. And when we defeated Pittsburgh and uh, knew that we were going to the World Series, that place went bonkers. And it was an incredible euphoric experience. It's one I'll never forget, and here's why. Because it was probably the highlight of tens of thousands of people's lives in that moment. But on any given Sunday, I can feel the presence of the Lord that exceeds anything that this world has to offer. There is no pennant race. There is no championship. There is no feat of human strength that can exceed and excel the power that our God puts on display in our lives through his love, his mercy, and his grace every given Sunday. And I'm thankful for his presence here. And I know you didn't come this morning to hear me preach, so I'll apologize again. But I just want to share one quick thing as you go into this final week. I know you're seeking the Lord. I've felt it. I've had individuals come to me with tears in their eyes and tell me about their experiences. But I want to just call to your consideration 
the power of a moment. Mark Menzendag passed from this life unexpectedly. In the last few weeks, we've heard of a number of folks that were taken from this life into their reward. These young people, as precious as they are, even in their youth, they are not promised tomorrow. Say, well, Brian, that's not very inspirational. Let me tell you what God has given you. He has given you right now. Right now. Abraham received a promise in the 12th division of the book of beginnings. And like Abraham, each of us have received various promises. Some have come just by virtue of the printed word of God. Some have come by virtue of the prophetic utterance of the preacher. Some have come as individuals have spoken under the unction of the Holy Ghost to us one to one. But each of us are recipients of promise. I want to submit an idea that's grand and it's mind-blowing to you this morning, but I want you to know that the promises that you have received are akin to and as great as even the promise that Abraham received. Hallelujah. As we look into the 13th and 14th division, specifically in 13, we see a crossroads in Abraham's life, and it's one that you and I are very familiar with. He comes to a place where he has to choose between the well-watered plains of Jordan Or this city that seemed to constantly be in his vision when he raised his eyes up over the plains. The city whose builder and maker was God. I don't know if God was putting that out there as a test. But I tend to believe he might have been. Does my promise mean more to you than the wealth and the lush and the prosperity and all the trappings of this carnal world? Does my promise mean more to you? And for Abram, it was a resounding yes. It means everything to me. It means everything to me. And all of this culminates into the genesis of the Abrahamic covenant. Where Abraham says, okay, God, I've chosen the city whose builder and maker is none other than Jehovah. Now what? And God says to him, if you're going to enter into covenant with me, I want you to consecrate some things. And he calls on him and he says, I want you to take a turtle dove, and I want you to take a young pigeon, and I want you to put them on the altar. Then he says, I want you to take a she-goat and a ram and a heifer, and I want you to divide them, in other words, cut them asunder, and I want you to place them on an altar before me in consecration. And we all know the story. Abram did exactly as the Lord said. He had a hunger and a thirst for what God had in store. I want you to consider for just one moment, we can look back and see the consequence of Abraham's commitment and consecration. But Abraham in that moment had nothing but his faith. Nothing but his faith. He could not see what was before him except he knew and had confidence in his God. I want to submit one other thing and then I'm going to get out of the way and you can hear from your favorite. That heifer and that she-goat and that ram, the Bible says that they were to be 36 months old. I was looking in the scripture this week and that hit me. I almost did what Brother Jesse just did a minute ago. Hallelujah. For the space of 36 months, 
the purpose was culminating. (laughs) But when those sacrifices and that consecration was laid upon the altar, it went well beyond the span of time that 36 months could ever hold. It went well into the next generation, into the next dispensation, and even into the Tree of Life Church right now. And Abraham cannot see with his human eye the promise that is being fulfilled even this morning as the outpouring of the Holy Ghost is being made manifest in the lives of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. I just want to tell somebody, don't miss this moment. There's a sphere of faith that you can step into where everything changes. And we live in a world where we have want for nothing. So few of us can look and say, there's a man who walks by faith. So few of us can say, I'm a man that walks by faith. And I don't know about you, but I am in a place in my life where I want to step into it. I want to understand and know what it means to see the healing virtue of God flow. To feel the miraculous at work in my home and in every effort of my hands what does that have to do with ready now a choice is set before you don't miss the moment seek him let's change this city and turn it on its head let's make this place a temple that is dedicated to the most high god let's make a testimony in this city there's a place where cancer is healed let's establish a testimony in this city there's a place where families are made whole let's establish a testimony by the mercy and might of god there's a place where the prodigals return in the name of jesus let's give him glory for it and bless his holy name oh come on let's praise him let's praise him let's praise him hallelujah can we stand together and clap our hands unto the lord and magnify his holy name come on let's worship god let's worship god I don't want to miss this moment. I'm going to take it further than that. I won't miss this moment. I thank God for Brother and Sister Duvall and for the amazing teams that we've had, team leaders, Brother and Sister Colbreth, Brother and Sister Wilkerson, Brother and Sister Enos, Brother and Sister Purdy, Brother and Sister Dixon, Sister Wheeler, Sister Lobsinger, and I think I got them all. But Sister Tierney, God bless you, my goodness. They're the ones responsible for every Sunday morning service we've had in this campaign. The Challenge Services team, haven't they been amazing? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I looked to Brother Tierney to help me remember who I was forgetting. And uh, he just kind of just looked at me and I thought, oh my word, I know who I'm forgetting. And here we are blessed by so many wonderful services that we've had. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, O God. Glory to your name, O God. Oh, let's lift up a praise unto the Lord. Let's lift up a praise unto the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. From the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse number.
Amen. Now, I'm not going to be taking too long this morning. I know everybody's anxious to hear the, the numbers. Uh, but before we hear the numbers, let's, let's hear the word. And, uh, and God's going to help us to understand where we are in this, in this amazing journey of ready now. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now, this group that's on their journey to the city, this is, these are people that Nicodemus, pardon me, Cornelius, Cornelius has sent from his house to go find the apostle Peter. But Peter, while they were journeying and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour, and he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. He prayed until he fell into a trance. And when he fell into this trance, while praying, he saw heaven opened. And a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, think of the audacity, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, or three times. And the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, Three men seek thee. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them. Hear this. Doubting nothing. For I have sent them. And I just want to take a few moments this morning and preach to you on this subject. When a vision becomes a revelation. When a vision becomes a revelation. Can we just lift our voices unto the Lord this morning? God, we thank you for your word and for your spirit. Thank you for your presence. We thank you for the beautiful calling that you have so graciously bestowed upon us. Lord, it is our great pleasure in life to fulfill your call. Lord, it has become our heart's desire to do what you have asked us to do. We thank you, O oh God, that you would not only would you pull us out of our sins and our trespasses, our transgressions and our iniquities, but you would wash us and cleanse us and, and, and help us and, and make us, Lord God, into what you want us to be. But Lord, you have called us for your holy purpose. We thank you for it and we pray today as your word goes forth that it will go forth with clarity, with power, with love, with accuracy, with boldness. 
God, I pray that we'll receive it in our hearts and in our minds, in our daily lives, and that we will obey it, doubting nothing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you for being here. And you have, you have come uh, to the Tree of Life Church at a very uh, amazing season for for uh, this congregation, if you're, if you're just visiting or, or have come uh, for the first time, first of all, you only come one time as a guest. And after that, we just, we just pull you on in. And we're just grateful that you're here. Uh, but it's a unique season. As you can tell, uh, we're in desperate need to, to expand uh, our campus. And so uh, the Lord has laid it upon our heart to, to build for His glory a new campus, an auditorium seating uh, 1,000 people, a family fellowship center named after Bishop and Sister Leroy Buller. Amen. God bless them. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and we are going to, we're going to do this for the glory of God. And it, of course, takes a remarkable amount of sacrifice on the part of the people of God. And we have gone through since the beginning of the year uh, not only did we begin the year with embracing our purpose as the Tree of Life Church, but, but we have moved into the phase of understanding that we've been talking about getting ready for a long time. And you heard prophecies. Those prophecies that you heard from uh, Bishop uh, T.F. Tenney, Sister Thetis Tenney, Brother J.T. Pugh, Brother Sam Emery, those prophecies were spoken over this congregation. And, and there are many, many more. We heard from last week, another from Bishop Tenney, Bishop Buller, uh, and uh, Brother Luke Levine. Different ones that have spoken prophetic words over Tree of Life Church about the destiny that God has for us. And we've been talking about getting ready for a long time. Well, well we're not looking to get ready. We're ready now. We're ready right now. Thank you, Jesus. What happened last night was that the leaders of the church came together and said, this is what we're going to commit. And they have, they have put themselves out there, similar to when the priests walked forward, forward before the children of Israel to go to the promised land. They went and put their feet in the water, got their feet wet, so to speak, and the children of Israel followed after them. And so that's what the leaders of Tree of Life Church did last night. That's what we're going to find out today, what it was that they committed. And it will embolden the congregation as a whole to say that, that I, I'm, I can do this. I can be a part of this. And I'm going to go forward in the name of Jesus and do what the Lord has called me to do. And, and it's not going to be on the shoulders of one. It's not going to be on the shoulders of a few. We're going to do this thing together. We're going to move this mountain in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I, I'm humbly grateful to all of you and thankful to all of you for your continued support and faithful support uh, in worship, in prayer, in serving God, in giving, in, in attending the house of God to, to cause this great congregation to thrive. And every person that you're sitting next to is an absolute bona fide testimony of the glory of God in their life. And we thank God that the Tree of Life Church is being used of the Lord to bring about powerful miracles in the lives of individuals. And we're grateful unto the Lord for that. So today will be the, the big reveal. 
of what the leaders have, have gone forth to do. A week from today, we will be making commitments as a, a congregation as a whole. And then, of course, the week after that will be the big reveal of that particular commitment, which is the total commitment, leaders and congregation. And then the May 20th date, we will bring our first fruits offering, which is when we will begin the process. And, and, and we believe that God will open the windows of heaven upon that first fruits offering. Hallelujah. There already is a boldness stirring within the people of God. There is a spirit of sacrifice that has come upon this congregation. I've never seen anything like it. It's on you. It's on me. It's on all of us. I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I look around at this world and I think, you know, I, I'm, I've lost my appetite for this world. It just, there's nothing appealing about what this world has to offer. I got on Twitter the other day and I got so depressed in the first two seconds I had to turn it off. I thought, dear Lord, my mind is so focused on what God is doing. It doesn't matter to me what the world is doing. In, in terms of my hope is not built on it. I, 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 my concern for the world is preaching the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah. And, and whatever we have to do, let's do it in Jesus' name. And so we're looking forward to May 20th, which will be our first fruits offering. We have said that we believe that God will give $300,000 into the hands of his people to lay down in that first fruits offering. The statistics say that it will be around $145,000. I believe we're going to blow that statistic and every other statistic out of the water in this Ready Now campaign. I said $300,000 and Sister Judy Louie said $300,000. I'm believing for $1 million in that first fruits offering. I said, I agree with that in the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, God is a big God. He's bigger than any number we can put out there. Amen and amen. And we thank the Lord for it. Vision is something that has, has traversed the, the corridors of the scripture. The prophets spoke as a result of vision. When they declared the word of the Lord, their word was the Bible tells us that they were moved by the Holy Ghost as they spoke their prophetic words. And they would we'd declare the word of God to the people of Israel. And many times those, those visionary words and those prophetic words would come to the people of Israel at difficult times in their history. To where the, the sound of the, the prophecy almost made no sense because... It did not match up with what they were experiencing in their everyday life. But that is the nature of a prophetic word. The nature of a prophetic word and the purpose, hallelujah, of a prophetic word is to enter into, and I'll, I'll say intrude into, our daily life experience. And, and give us a lifeline. Give us a hope to grab a hold of. And that prophetic word will pull us out of whatever challenge we may be facing at that time. And so the vision that God gave to one prophet after another, it was just amazing the different ways that God would speak. He showed the prophet Amos the basket of summer fruits. He showed various prophets. One prophet, he showed multiple trees. And uh, 
and, and began to, to give definition to each tree. But, but, but these prophecies were, these visions were, were vague just in and of themselves. And it took a little while to say, okay, God, what does this vision mean? What is it that you are showing to me? Show me the nature of the vision and what does the vision really mean? You see it in the book of Daniel when God would speak to Daniel and he would give him dreams, he would give him visions and Daniel would have to meditate on it and pray about it and ask the Lord to be clear with what it was that he was saying and and this was the way it was with the parables of Jesus. I've heard people say, well, when Jesus taught, Jesus taught so plain that everybody understood. You know, actually, when Jesus taught, he taught in parables. And a lot of times people walked away saying, I don't know exactly what that meant. Because he would just, he would just get up and say, a sower went forth to sow. And, and he took some seed and he threw it over here. And some seed fell on the wayside. Some seed fell on thorny ground. Some seed fell in shallow ground. And some seed fell on good ground. And the, the good ground sprang up and the others were all, all uh, uh, disrupted by one force or another. And, and everybody was like, it's a great story. But they all walked away. The disciples, though, went to him. And this is the key to vision. When you hear something from the Lord that may not make sense to you, the key is to go to him and say, what did that mean? What were you trying to tell me? And they said, give us the meaning of the parable. And Jesus said, all right, the sower went forth to sow seed. The seed is the word of God. The good ground is the ground of a heart that has prepared itself to receive the word of God. The thorny ground, those thorns are the cares of this life that choke out what the seed has produced. And on and on he went with the definition, the meaning, the revelation attached to the parable or to the vision everything God gives us means something God has a reason of why he gave it to us but you don't want to just jump too quick to interpret that vision on your own you know it may it may not even come from God you know it might have come from the Papa John's you had last night and and you got to know is this Jesus or is this Buddy LaRosa talking in this dream that I'm having you got to know, you got to know if it comes from God. And the way you know if it comes from God is to go to his word and open up your mouth and say, Lord, speak to my spirit, speak to my heart and take this vision that you have given me and define it and hone it and cause it to become so plain to me that it is revealed to me. I don't want just some vague vision. I want a revelation. And I want you to know that God can give you a vision early in your life and you'll go through trials and tests and tribulation and challenges and difficulties and then at another point in your life you'll come up on the other side of those things and realize that that vision was for an appointed time and God is now revealing to you the purpose of it from the very beginning. Don't give up on the vision that God has given to you. Don't give up on the vision. Don't let the devil steal the vision. 
Don't let the devil come against the vision and cause you to somehow give up on the vision. Believe in what God has given you. I had the great privilege of preaching the pastoral installation of my brother in Memphis, Tennessee over the weekend. And what an amazing installation it was. I was so thrilled. And they're going to do an amazing work in the greater Memphis area. And we were thrilled to be able to be a part of it. I preached Friday night. And the other services were Wednesday and Thursday night. On Friday afternoon, we went down to Beale Street and had uh, some food to eat. And, uh, and, and while we were there, we, we left the restaurant and decided to walk down to the National uh, Civil Rights Museum, which is actually, uh, which is actually uh, located at the very spot where Dr. King was assassinated in 1968, 50 years ago. It is a surreal feeling to walk up on the Lorraine Hotel. The hotel looks exactly as it did. If you've ever been there, it looks exactly as it did in 1968. And attached to it is this beautiful state-of-the-art National Civil Rights Museum that has been uh, erected and adjacent to the Lorraine Hotel. But the Lorraine Hotel has cars from the 1960s out front. And it has a wreath at the spot where Dr. King was standing when he was taken down by the assassin's bullet. And there's a stone pathway that is, that is laid into the street and into the parking lot that, that actually shows the trajectory of the bullet. And it is a, it's just a sobering feeling when you walk upon that scene. There's a plaque, and the plaque is what got me. That, that just, it humbled me. I looked at the plaque that was next to the, the scene. And the plaque said from the book of Genesis, Behold, the dreamer cometh. It was a reference to when Joseph's brothers were envious of his dream. And Joseph had dreamed a dream. And, and he had talked openly of the dream. He had spoken fondly of the dream. And they didn't like the dream. So to kill the dream, they decided to kill the dreamer. But you can't kill a dream by killing the dreamer. And so while Joseph was dreaming and he walks upon his brothers as his father had instructed him to do to, to, to give them word from their father, they see him coming from a long way off and herein lies the scripture that was, that was placed upon the plaque and referencing Dr. King's vision. And it said, Behold, the dreamer cometh. Let us slay him. And we shall see what shall become of his dreams. We know from history that that assassin thought by taking Dr. King's life that day that he would extinguish the dream. But he didn't extinguish the dream. The dream lived on beyond the dreamer. And what, what started out as a crime scene has turned into a national landmark to the dream of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Now I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a vision at Tree of Life Church. We've got a vision that God has anointed us to be a healing for the nations. We've got a dream that God has anointed us to take the fruit of the Spirit and fill our community with the love of God, fill our community with the joy of the Lord, fill our community with the peaceable fruit of 
of righteousness fill our city fill our region fill our state fill our world in the name of Jesus with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and there is no power in hell that can stop that vision and there is no destructive force of the enemy that can stop that vision the vision is alive the vision is at work and there's nothing the enemy can do about it hallelujah brother mark barrick preached so powerfully just a couple of weeks ago in this pulpit on vision and he described that that while walking through epcot and walt disney world he thought to himself and said to his wife i wonder if walt disney ever in his wildest dreams thought that walt disney world would become all that walt disney world has actually become i wonder if he ever imagined that it would become what it has become. And, and of course the answer to that is there was no way for him to imagine everything that Walt Disney World would become. But he put a vision out into the people and the people took the vision and the people began to expound on the vision and compound the vision. I want you to know that God has laid it on my heart to speak vision into Tree of Life Church. I closed out 2017 declaring to you that 2018 would be a monumental year for us that it would be a life-changing year for us and I opened this year with great desire and great determination to preach the word of God and to preach purpose yes the enemy came against me yes the enemy tried to intimidate me he tried to threaten me but I want you to know that the enemy is powerless against the work of the Lord And let me say, all I've done is sown a seed of vision. But what's happening at Tree of Life Church is you are taking a hold of the vision, putting it in your heart, and saying, yes, Lord. I believe it, Lord. And it's going to become something I could never dream. It's going to become something none of us could ever imagine. Because vision doesn't just stay a vision. Vision becomes a revelation. It doesn't just stay some vague vision. I love, I love when the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to the Lord and, and the Lord lays a, a rod out in front of him and says, what do you see? And prophet Jeremiah says, a stick. And the Lord said, that is correct. He didn't say a stick that represents and then he, you know, try to fill in all the blanks. We don't have to fill in all the blanks. All we have to do is say, speak, Lord, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. This is what I see in front of me. This is what you have laid out before me. I don't have to be afraid of it. All I have to do is say, speak, Lord, speak, Lord. While Peter thought on the vision, while he considered the vision, while he prayed about the vision, while he the vision the vision began to transform into a clearly defined revelation notice what Ezekiel said Ezekiel said I saw a wheel I saw a wheel 
but he didn't just see a wheel. He saw a wheel in the middle of the wheel. See, it's one thing to see the big wheel, the big picture. And that's what we've been talking about. Oh, we're going to be the healing of the nation. Oh, we're going to preach the gospel. Everybody's going to hear the gospel that comes within contact with us. We're going to love them. We're going to teach. We're going to preach. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. We're going to worship. We're going to see God do great things. That's the big picture. That's the big wheel. But there's another wheel in the middle of that wheel. That's the revelation. That's when it becomes clear how you and I will play a role in the big picture. That's when the vision becomes not just some vague set of symbols and metaphors and analogies, but but it becomes a revelation. It becomes a, a clear understanding of God has something for me to do in this big picture. It's not just a wheel. It's a wheel in the middle of a wheel. John the Revelator was taken by the Spirit of the Lord into a vision of the New Jerusalem. You look at the book of Revelation, it is a phenomenal book. It's an amazing book. And while he's traveling around in the Spirit, looking upon the things that would come at the end of days, and he looks upon, of course, the New Jerusalem, the thing I love, it comes to the very end of the book of Revelation. And the angel of the Lord is pointing the details of the New Jerusalem out. You talk about a big picture. John saw the big picture. He saw Genesis. He saw Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He saw Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuels, Chronicles, Kings. He saw all of it. He saw from the beginning to the end. He saw stuff that had happened at times when he wasn't alive. He saw things that were going to happen after he was dead and gone on to be with the Lord. And my favorite part of the whole vision is when the Lord says, John, I want you to look at this. Look at this new Jerusalem. I want you to look at the gates. And I want you to look at the streets. And I want you to look at the walls. And I want you to I want you to look at the clear river and I want you to see the tree of life on the other side of the river And I want you to see the manner of fruits the 12 manner of fruits that are yielded every month But John what I really brought you here to show you was the foundations of the new Jerusalem Because in the foundations of the new Jerusalem are the names of the apostles of the lamb Look real close John look real close You're in there You have a part to play in this grand picture. I know it's big. I know it seems overwhelming. I know it seems remarkably large. But look real close. There's a wheel in the middle of that wheel. There's a foundation in that new Jerusalem with your name on it. And I've come to tell somebody in the Tree of Life Church, look real close at the vision that God has laid out before us. I said look real close. Check the gates. Check the foundation. Check the streets. Check the walls. Your name is written all over this vision. Your family is written all over this purpose. Your children and your children's children. For the promises under you and to your children and to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You're in this. It's not just a vision. Think on the vision. Ponder what God has put in your heart. And that's been a focus of this campaign. We're not interested in numbers. We're not. I say that honestly. I said last week, I want to say it again. I've joked. said, the Lord loveth the cheerful giver. 
But he'll take money from somebody who's a grump. Be happy to do that. And he would, but, 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 but there's something sacred about this. I don't want anybody giving begrudgingly. I want every cent that comes into this campaign to be sanctified with sincerity. Because that's that multiplies. Somebody said, you know, Jesus looks at the widow with two mites and he's over there shouting and rejoicing because of the widow who put two mites into the treasury. And then, and then you've got the, the rich man who put in a, a, a tremendous offering into the treasury, but he did it out of his abundance, whereas the woman who had only two mites gave everything she had. Jesus paid no attention to the rich man's offering. He gave tons of attention to the little two mite offering. And, and, and somebody said, why? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus knew where she was placing that two mites. She was giving all she had. She was giving of a, of a thankful heart. She was giving of a sacrificial spirit. It was purified. It was sanctified with her sincerity. And that lodged it into a fund that is still compounding to this day. You take two mites. It's not very much in Luke chapter 21, two mites. It's not very much in Luke chapter 21. But you compound it from Luke chapter 21 all the way to 2018. And that thing has grown into some kind of a substantial figure. That's what God is talking about. You just give him what you've got. You just give him what you have. You just give him what he shows you. He'll give you peace about it. Notice what the Bible says about Peter. Peter said that, that he was, he came up to the top of the house to pray. The, 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 the men of Cornelius' house were coming to the city. And while they're coming to the city, the Bible says, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. So while they're making the food prepared... And we thank God for Brother Otis Miller. He's making the food right now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank the Lord. We're going to eat after this. And we want you to join us. And, 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 and Peter would have eaten. He was hungry. What do you do when you're hungry and you're waiting for the food to be prepared? I'll tell you what Peter did. He prayed. What do you do? Go check Instagram. Go check email. Go text somebody. Go go. Watch something on Netflix. What do you do while you're waiting? What do you do with your spare time? What do you do with your spare time? I'm not talking about the time you have designated to responsibilities. I'm talking about what do you do with the time you do not have designated? Do you do what Peter did? Peter prayed. Peter went to the top of the house. He shut everybody out and said, Lord, I have to pray and get a hold of you. And while he's praying, he falls into a trance. And the Bible says that a sheet that was knit about the four corners was let down out of heaven. And, and it's a good thing he was a praying man because he had prejudice in his heart and he didn't know that he had prejudice in his heart. God was trying to open the door to every nation outside of the Jewish nation. He was trying to open the door of the gospel to all of the Gentile nations. And the only way he could do that is if he could take the prejudice out of the apostles' hearts. And if Peter had just been a happy-go-lucky, footloose, fancy-free Christian who didn't really have time to pray, who didn't really have time to work, oh, I'll go to church when it's church time. But praying I you know I do that when I can no he filled his spare time with talking to God 
And because he did, God had audience with him. And God could communicate one of the deepest and most challenging messages to him. He let down a sheet that was filled with all manner of what Peter would call unclean animals. And God said, eat it. And it went against Peter's dietary law. This is stuff the Gentile nations would eat, but I would never eat this kind of food. And so God, he had the audacity in a trance, in a prayer meeting, walking in the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost, as spiritual as he can be, he had the audacity to say, no, God. And God said, don't you ever Remember, he's our heavenly father. And I know he's sweet and loving and all that. But how many have ever had him say, oh, no, you didn't. And don't you ever do it again. Don't you call what I have cleansed common or unclean. I'm trying to do something, Peter. I'm trying to pour out the Holy Ghost, Peter. I'm trying to open the windows of heaven, Peter. I need you to hear what I'm telling you. But, 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 but he did it three times, and then he withdrew the sheet, and it was taken back up into the heavens. And Peter's sitting there with a vision, doubting in himself. And maybe that's where some have been. We're praying and believing that God has given you a vision of what to give to the Ready Now campaign. Not, not just what makes sense. There are two components to this Ready Now campaign. One is what I can do by cutting corners, by cutting costs, by sacrificing this and sacrificing that and, and, and making these adjustments in my income and, uh, and expenses, and, and that's what I can do. But there's this other portion, and it's what separates this campaign from other campaigns. There's this other portion that says, all right, God, this is what I can do, and I'm doing what I can do trusting and believing and standing on your word that you're going to do what you can do and God oh my Lord don't make me preach on what God can do because he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think hallelujah hallelujah and these folks that are shouting and giving God praise are doing so because they know what it's like to trust in the Lord and the Lord come through. He'll do it every time. I said he'll do it every time. He will come through for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Peter doubted in himself and thought, oh, I don't know what this means. All I see is, is a bunch of stuff on a sheet that I would never dream of eating. What does it mean, Lord? What does it mean? What does it mean, Lord? What does it mean? And while he pondered and while he doubted in himself, the Spirit spoke to him and said, Arise and get thee, therefore, to the front door. Because there's some folks coming to your place who have come specifically for you to hear a word from the Lord. And don't doubt one thing. Peter got up doubting nothing. Everybody say doubting nothing. He walked out to the, to, the, to the door that led him onto the rooftop, doubting nothing. He walked down the little ladder that led him back into the house, doubting nothing. Walked into the front room, doubting nothing. Walked to the front door, doubting nothing. And while they're getting ready to knock, 
He's opening the door. He doesn't know who they are. He doesn't know what they want. He doesn't know why they're there. But he doubts nothing. The vision is turning into a revelation. It's turning into a clearly defined awareness of what God wants me to do at this moment, in this hour, for his glory. And they said, we need you to come preach to us. Jesus to us. Preach the gospel to us. And all at once, all of those mysterious figures and numbers and signs and symbols, it all came into focus as he received a revelation of what the Lord would have him do in this hour and that's what's going to happen for you this week tree of life church as you pray unto the lord hallelujah as you pray unto the lord and consider the figure that god has given you it's going to become clear to you you might doubt in yourself to begin with but you're moving past the doubt in yourself phase and you're moving into the doubting nothing phase the doubting nothing phase and there's no peace like the peace of doubting nothing. Oh, yeah, everybody wants to see waters part, but nobody wants to obey God. Everybody wants to see fire fall, but nobody wants to obey God. But I want you to know that when you receive a vision, let it transform into a revelation. And then you obey with a reckless abandon. You obey with a fearlessness that'll make hell shake. You obey with a fearlessness that'll put the devil in his place. You, oh, hallelujah. You obey with a fearlessness that'll run the devil out of your house. You obey with a fearlessness that'll put sickness in its place. Drive back the darkness. Because you have entered, you have entered a, 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 a category of people so precious. You have entered a category of people so pure, so right in the eyes of God. You've entered into the category of the obedient. And everything changes for the obedient. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Joshua chapter 3, and I'm coming to a conclusion. The scripture says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. The musicians could, could come. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they, I love this, passed over. Hallelujah. And it came to pass, I love this, after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites bearing it. That's what we saw last night when the leaders came together and said, we're going to put our shoulder up under the stave of this ark and we're going to go across the Jordan. That's what we did. 
And the scripture says, the Levites bearing the ark, then you, the people of God, shall remove from your place and go after it. Hallelujah. Go after it. We're going to see the priests bear the glory of God in just a moment. When you see the sacrifice that the leaders of this Tree of Life Church have made over the next 36 months, then we shall remove from our place and go after it. At the end of verse 4, he said that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way heretofore. Tree of Life Church, we're going somewhere we've never been. These are uncharted waters. But I tell you, who, ha who has gone there? The Lord has gone before us. I said the Lord has gone before us. I said the Lord has gone before us. Could we just lift up our hands unto the Lord right now once again? Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a holy moment. This is a holy moment. This is sacrifice. We're seeing sacrifice. This isn't, this isn't, the, this isn't the results of, of, of people just laying out riches. No, no, no. This is sacrifice. This is people with a hungry heart to see God do something great. Hallelujah. Let me remind you that there are two components to this commitment. The first comes from what we call the income discovery planner where we go through and we, we list our income and we list our expenses and then we begin to modify and make changes and say, yeah, I can live without that for 36 months. Yeah, I can do without that. I, I could get a better rate on that, that policy and, and, and this and that. And you begin to make adjustments and you start seeing you got more money at your uh, uh, fingertips than what you realized. And, and you, you didn't know it, but, 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 but this number that God put in your spirit is starting to get closer to you. You're starting to realize this number, I, when he first gave it to me, it was out of my reach. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. I doubted in myself. But, but as I begin to see what, what I can do with what God has given me and compared to what I, how I currently steward those finances, I'm realizing, wait a minute, I can make significant adjustments in my life and I can, I'm starting to see that this is a number closer to being reachable. And then you still fall short of that divine vision that God gave you. That's by design. There's supposed to be a gap between what you can do and what God promised. Moses planned for Leaving the, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt literally included walking up to the Red Sea and not knowing what to do. That was his plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk out of Egypt. We're going to go to the Red Sea and not know what to do anymore. That was his plan. And that plan, our plan is to say, okay, God, 
This is what I can do. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. And the same God that washed my sins away, the same God that's healed my body, the same God that's kept his hedge of protection around me and my family, the same God that's ordered my steps, the same God that's given me peace in the midst of my storm, that same God is going to make up the difference between what I can do and what he has promised. So the number that I'm going to show you is the combined total of what we can do as leaders and what we are trusting God to do and knowing that God will do as leaders. And then we'll show you how those break up. But first, let's let's show you the figure that the leaders have committed to. We're going to make this as painful as possible. And as it grows, just feel free to give God praise. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. I need somebody to give God praise right now. Come on, the priests have gone on before. They're bearing the ark of God, stepping into the Jordan. Let's go after it. Let's go after it. Come on, tree of life. Let's go after it. Let's go after it. Doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. Doubting nothing. Come on, somebody else. Step out into those aisles and praise his name. Lift up a shout of praise. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, shout out, Mahana, Mahana, Hallelujah. Glory. I want you, I want you right now just to lift a hand unto the Lord and begin to praise him for your family coming into the Tree of Life Church.
Praise Him for it right now. Call their name out and thank God for it right now. Come on, call the name of that loved one right now. That as we speak, they might be far from God, but God right now is doing a work in their life. Right now, He's going into their circumstances and speaking to their hearts. Come on, let the anointing of God fall on you right now. Let the anointing of God fall on you right now. Let the anointing of God fall on you right now. Oh, hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. <laughs> Glory. 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 Come on, let the Holy Ghost move on you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Ha. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Duvall spoke of it earlier. When God gave promise to Abraham... Abraham said, Lord, then what do I do? And the Lord simply said, sacrifice. Sacrifice. And he laid out the sacrifice and he so ably brought out 36 months old. That's how, that's how old this sacrifice is going to be. 36 months old. And he laid it out before the Lord. And wouldn't you know it, but the fowls of the air came descending on that sacrifice. And Abraham didn't give up, throw in the towel, walk away, tuck his tail, get scared. No, this was about the promise of God. This was about sacrificing to the Most High God. And he ran out to those sacrifices and started driving back those fowls of the air. This isn't for the fowls of the air. This isn't for the enemy to devour. No, no. This is my sacrifice unto the Lord. And this week God is putting in your hearts a sacrifice to make unto the Lord. And I want you to know that the enemy will come against it. But you drive it back with praise. Drive it back with worship. Drive it back with faith. Drive it back with hope. Drive it back with a revelation of what God has spoken to your soul hallelujah and by the time you get to the prophet Elijah the ravens aren't trying to devour the sacrifice the ravens are feeding him 
when he's hungry. I want you to know that you will never starve. You will never go hungry. I want you to know the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. You just could you just join with somebody nearby real quick just join with somebody nearby this is a whole church effort this is a whole church effort this 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 is the result of a people with vision for the glory of God this is because God has spoken to all of us his vision his word now rejoice together Rejoice. Rejoice together. Come on, we're on the sacrifice end of this thing. But we're going to walk through on dry ground and come up on the other side rejoicing. So don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Shout now. Rejoice now. Give him praise now. Come on, there's faith rising in this house. There is faith rising in this house. I feel like somebody's about to get the Holy Ghost right now. I feel like somebody's about to be filled with the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let faith rise in this house. Let the power of God fall in this house. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your hearts unto Him. Lift up your voice unto Him. Blessed be the name of the Most High God. Blessed be the name of the Most High God. Woo! For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Hallelujah. Woo! Our God is a very present help in trouble. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Save the Lord. Let the King hear us when we call. Come on, let's rejoice in the Lord. place we've never seen before you've done the impossible we've seen our mountains
Christ we've never seen before. You've done the impossible. We've seen our mountains move before. Our word is unstoppable with expectation. 